0: Thanks for joining us for Mississippi Prospects, a podcast focused on economic and community development in our state, hosted by Jeff Frent and brought to you by the Mississippi Economic Development Council. In the economic development world, site selectors have in some cases obtained an almost mythical status as kingmakers, charged with selecting the single best location for their client, Many states and local communities court site selectors through in-person visits, trips, and marketing gifts with the goal of establishing a relationship which could generate project leads and perhaps the future siting of a project. Joining us to provide some practical perspective on the role of site selector in the corporate site selection process is John Longshore. Principal and Vice President of Innovation with Global Location Strategies, where John has led numerous projects across North America and Europe. During his time at GLS, John's projects have represented more than $10 billion in capital investment and thousands of jobs. Some of his clients include well-known companies such as Georgia Pacific, Procter & Gamble, and Sobik. Recent project announcements include Belgian bus manufacturer Van Hool and Irving consumer products, a tissue provider. As VP of Innovation, John is responsible for the development of technology resources along with guiding his team's growth in analytical skills and leadership capabilities. I recently had a chance to catch up with John Longshore where he shared his thoughts on the role of the site selection consultant. John, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us and You know, we had a really interesting conversation recently uh, where we were discussing how state and local economic developers often place their primary focus and their attention on the site selector themselves. But in that conversation we had, you mentioned that in your view, the site selector was merely a small piece of the larger puzzle. So are you saying that developers may be focusing on the wrong things or do they just need to broaden their focus?
1: Well, I guess I will come at it from an angle that when we come into a community as a site selection consultant, we are evaluating so many areas that are touching the economic development sphere, right? So when we are, you know, looking at, say, 20 to 30 different companies or programs, these are all part of economic development and then need attention. So I'm not saying that you know, within your outreach, that site selector shouldn't be a part of your marketing because, yes, they they represent clients and and projects. Um, But you just have to ask yourself, are you spending the right amount of time focusing on what's already in your community, whether it's from the the workforce development or from your existing your existing companies where that's where probably most of your growth is actually going to come from? Um, so it's not to ignore the site selection consultant, but ask yourself how much time am I spending marketing towards them versus the effort that I'm putting to making what I already have in my community successful.
0: So really, it sounds like kind of an expanded focus and not being so singularly focused or that myopic view of just the consultant is the universe.
1: That's right. And the site slash consultant represents something new um, and, and fresh and right, brand new jobs. Um, and, and kind of, we're an easy target, so to speak, on, on marketing. And it's easy to forget what you already have um, and to make changes internally to your own community can sometimes be difficult. So uh, I'm not saying it's a cop out just to go to the this consultant, but you just can't ignore what you already have and making that better and growing that because ultimately, the consultants are going to come in and look at what you already have and what you're offering. So, just making sure that you're you're spending the right time on on the things that need to you know have your focus.
0: So you're representing a client, of course, but is it possible to make the site selector also a part of the local developer's team, even if that community eventually you know doesn't win the project?
1: Um, I guess uh, you know there's the ability to bring in a consultant prior to them, um, you know, having a a project in tow. Uh, so I think that it's difficult to have a site selection consultant helping out alongside of an active project, but having them coming in beforehand, especially those consultants who are doing lots of projects to provide some insight to say, hey, if I had an actual project, here's what I would tell you to do and here's how we can implement you know, some changes. So I think it's always best to have that insight maybe beforehand because once that project comes Um, the, the site selection consultants, um, is only going to be able to offer so much. It really is about the relationships you already have in place. Um, because you're, that's where the rubber meets the road, you know, when the, when the project starts, you're pretty much throwing down, you're getting yourself thrown in the river and you're, it's going where it takes you based on the relationships that you already have, right. The, the organizations that are in place, because there's only so much that can be done when that project gets going. Right. Um, so uh I, I, would, I would do a lot before the project comes, get that insight before the project comes.
0: And how important is that project then in this process? You know, you've established or how important is that relationship in this process? Because, you know, you've established that relationship before a project comes. Then do these communities immediately come to mind for consideration if you think they may have the right things and they've taken the right steps?
1: The relationship Um, You know, it matters a lot uh, just in terms of it still involves people. There's only so much that we can do from a database, uh, you know, from our own research, from a desktop level. There's only so much that we can do. And when it comes time to actually, you know, executing a site selection project, having that relationship in place, um, it just makes a world of difference um, in terms of being able to communicate to the right people, uh, knowing exactly who to go to. Um, and, you know, being able to uh, address issues that you know about beforehand, you know, going into a community. So uh, the relationship really does matter uh, for us. The, the, the U.S., right, is there's many economic developers, many people. Um, but there are some that just do a better job at making a focus on just the relational side of things. Um, and that really comes through uh, when it actually comes time to execute a project in the community.
0: Let's say you're working a project and uh, you're in the early stages. You have a lot of communities uh, that are competing for it. You know, you are actually in a unique position to maybe help some of these communities uh, improve, you know, some of their infrastructure or resources or things throughout the process. Have you actually been able to provide uh, feedback to communities uh, during the active site selection process? And have you seen any tangible results from that?
1: Yeah, so I guess kind of stepping back just a second on, you know, I got into this business because of kind of this big picture desire to help communities and, and cities, you know, at large, just, you know, all over all over the globe, all over the U.S., and, and that was big thinking, you know, when I was in grad school and I found a way into site selection. And so the within site selection, it's, you know, the... The majority of what we are doing is actually you know eliminating uh, communities and sites along the way. That's, that's the majority of, of what is being done to ultimately get to that final location. And so while my impact for that particular project um, really is only visibly seen in one location, you know our, my hope is that along the way, we can provide insight, you know, particularly to those communities that make it to, um, you know, kind of that short list where we are actually interfacing with the economic developers and the community representatives. um, And, you know, we're trying to do this deal that we can provide actually some really pointed insights um, that can help make a difference. For us within GLS, a lot of our projects are very much site driven. So, um, you know, we're looking at the ability to deliver the right infrastructure at the right, you know, competitive utility rates, um, for our large manufacturers. And so what happens, we'll go into a community and they'll say, Hey, we have a great site. We've done all this work. Um, but what they don't know is that really where they stand against these other locations in different States and in regions. And so, you know, because they've done this work and because they think, hey, we've dropped our rates down that we're, you know, quote unquote competitive, but competitive to what? Competitive to what you were before, not to others. And so hopefully you're saying you're going to them and saying, hey, you guys are about 20 percent off from the other locations that we are considering on average for your electrical rate or for your water rates. Um, and so that sort of real competitiveness insight for their specific sites um, really does help them. Um, and say, hey, hey, they can go to you know, whoever their, their board is and say, this is the feedback that we got. We need to be able to extend our water line or whatever it might be that's infrastructure specific. We've seen a lot of that within our site selection projects and, and changes that are made for sites. Um, on the relational side of things, we've been able to hopefully provide some insight on, hey, you probably shouldn't bring so-and-so to the table at this time because they really didn't do a good job at um, selling your community um, and, uh, and and making this a place to be for our client who's coming here for the first time. So that's a little trickier on the relationship side of things. Uh, it's not as black and white as, as infrastructure or utility rates. Um, and so we try to, I try to play that one a little, a little nicer uh, and be a little easier with how that's presented.
0: Is uh, investing, have you seen investing in a competitiveness study or analysis, uh, pay dividends as well? You know, you're talking about you know, you're able to provide some of that feedback, but perhaps some communities can be a little more proactive, and and find where they really truly do stand against in relationship to their biggest competitors.
1: Yeah, so um, I, I'm you know, particularly there is kind of two different avenues that we um, have done kind of this competitiveness study. So most of our work is site selection, but um, you know, we do some economic development work, um, and one of the ways that we have done this competitiveness study is around. Uh, labor. So uh, we partnered with uh, Chimera uh, Economics, um, and so you know there are many economic developers who use their labor analytics and database. So we partnered with them to help out the Mobile Chamber to look at their labor. Um, and so while Chimera provided you know the data and uh, the, anal- the analysis on their labor, we looked at I think seven to eight other locations uh, and regions that the Mobile area generally competes with on a variety of projects. And so by looking at very um, industry-specific data for Mobile and then their seven to eight other locations, we were able to say, your, does your labor compete um, compared to uh, New Orleans or Baton Rouge or any other location uh, for that particular industry? Um, And so they provided some unique insights um, and, you know, able to identify areas of issues um, that they, you know, could hopefully address that would be industry specific. So they might be competitive on um, shipbuilding and, you know, the data around that. They may in their head say, hey, we have a very competitive labor force for the chemical industry. But when we show them the competitiveness assessment, there are some insights and say, hey, we have some issues that we didn't know about. Um, And if we can address those, it'll make us more competitive when it comes to site selection projects. The kind of the second competitiveness thing that we do is really, you know, kind of what I mentioned before around around your site. And and, and can your site um, be competitive compared to other locations? So let's say you have a 200 acre rail served site that you've been marketing for, you know, some heavy industrial project. You think it's great. Um, but we come in and we say, hey, if you're targeting these five industries, we'll create project profiles of a project that maybe we have run or we've seen in the past that would look at this type of site. We have our own internal database of sites that look just like yours in regions uh, very close to you. So how do you compete on um, just your infrastructure you have in place and, and, and your rates? And and what would the cost be if I were to look at these locations as if I was executing a real project? So." We've done that before um, and it's worked out really, really well. And it provides just that insight um, and even some some ammo, so to speak, to take to the right representatives in the community to say, hey, we are we're actually not competing for these reasons. We've tried to, to target these industries, and there's no way we can actually compete with the other sites that are available based on this information. Maybe we should change our tactic, who we're marketing to, et cetera. So that you know, they're able to use that information effectively um, and hopefully turn their attention to the right industries. Uh, and companies to help you know them come to that site in their community.
0: Well, it certainly gives you ammunition when you're trying to make that case. As you said, uh, a lot of community leaders they love their very their communities. They're very proud of their communities, and but a lot of it's based on anecdotal uh, experiences. Uh, it's where they grew up, perhaps. Uh, but you're giving them. More analytical data, uh, real breakdown, facts uh, that can help move them forward.
1: That's right. That's right. And and that really is the goal. Is the goal is to help. You know that really is. You know, from you know just where I come from, and, and the whole purpose here is, is, I'm I'm not. I don't want to do a study just to do a study. Like I want to do something that will help you. And ultimately, you're going to have to make the decisions. We'll provide the insight and the recommendations. Um, you know, but ultimately it will come onto you to then do something that might take three to five years to see the fruit of, you know, your efforts from what we saw, but that is economic development. It is thinking long-term and then implementing it based on analytical information and insights, uh, but it's not, um, it's, it's not generally a very quick turnaround and, you know, make everybody feel good within six months because, you know, we changed the world um, based on this report. Like, there's going to be effort. There's going to have to be new people involved, be new programs that have to be implemented. But hopefully it's for the good and for the long-term benefit of the community.
0: How challenging is it for you to manage those expectations about the quick turnaround? Uh, because we're a one a it now society. And, you know, between social media, we love a lot of instant gratification. And But you're right. These things take time, investment, strategy. Um, and you're dealing with Sometimes elected officials who have maybe a shorter lifespan—they're you know constantly up for reelection. So has that made it harder to manage those expectations?
1: Yeah, I really. It ultimately comes down to the leadership within their, the community um, and the vision that is in place. Uh, I think that when everybody is working towards a relatively common vision for what the community um, is going to be and what it could be, then these types of decisions for you know long term plans and you know funding for different things um it it comes easier but when the motivation is really maybe it's se- maybe selfish in nature right i have to pr- i have to prove what i did for my community and has to show within 2 years um you know, uh, or just yeah uh, poor expectations from the leadership. They, they just don't understand, right? There's one that's more selfish in nature. Others it's just a little, a little ignorant, right? If you are in a County of 5,000 people surrounded by eight counties, of, you know, only 5,000 people. And you're like, well, let's put a mega site here and it'll be great. We'll try, you know, we'll get a thousand new jobs. Like that's not, uh, that's not rational. It's not logical. It's not what your community is made for at this time. You know, and so there's just a little bit of that, too, right? You're dealing with um, maybe pride and selfishness on one side that has to be addressed, but on the other side, it's just maybe it's just ignorance. It's just not a lack of understanding. Um, and that's that's hopefully just some education can help, um, you know, shift the focus of what um, what is possible and what's realistic.
0: So, of course, you know, the site selection process, highly competitive in some cases, actually like Hunger Games competitive, where uh, it seems that everybody is uh, trying to get one up on even their neighbor sometimes. Now, I've seen some cases where a neighboring community has deliberately attempted to sabotage a project because they didn't make a late round cut. Is this sending up red flags on your end as a site selector uh, about the collaboration and the cooperation you may find in that community?
1: Absolutely, um, for us being able to go into a community um, and and really just feel—you can almost feel that people are working together. Not only can you just see that the people are in the room, but you can just see in their, in their camaraderie, the way in which they communicate with one another, um, and you know that they they understand each other and they're for one another um, and. And that, make, that makes a difference just in terms of showing up and just the, the, the atmosphere within a location. If we should, we've we been, you know, we've done site selection projects and, you know, we go to the city right where the site is and, you know, we're trying to organize meetings, but really the only people there are just the folks from that city. There's nobody representing the region, um, you know, or, you know, neighboring communities there. And it feels very like Lone Ranger ish, like we're here and and we're gonna do our thing, and other people hopefully may show up. Like that just doesn't it just doesn't go over well. Um, at least on a, on a on a belief that you guys can really meet the needs of of a particular project. If you're here doing it yourself, when you have the uh, the, the availability of other people within your region to help you, and you're not saying yes to it, that becomes a concern. Um, and in regards to a community sabotaging you know not getting what they want um i don't know it sounds it sounds like my 3 year old or 5 year old uh it, you know what i mean like that that's something that they would do because they didn't get what they wanted um and you know we're like we're we're grown adults here uh so let's 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 i want that professional but at the same time, let us if you're eliminated and, you, and your community, you know, there's a community two counties over who's, who's still in the running, like we've got to do a better job at at celebrating the success of others, even, you know, if we were cut. I, I don't think that I, I would like to say that that's more common, that, that there is that professionalism, there is that, that camaraderie, but um, it's probably it's really, really disheartening when you see the other side of uh, the um, lack of um, camaraderie, the, the, the kind of poison, you know, just toxic uh, competition. Um, competition is not bad. When it's unhealthy, you know, everybody's going to lose along
0: the way. Well, it's incredibly short-sighted because people travel for work now. Uh, there are jobs out there. We have, you know, people who travel in uh, you know, 45 minutes, more than an hour and a half away to come work in some of our automotive manufacturing So people will travel for jobs now. And I think it's a a very short sighted thing, but uh, we'll talk offline uh, and I'll give you some examples later, but I have seen it uh, over the years and uh, it's fascinating. It does make you shake your head. Do you, are you in this, uh, if you see this occurring, are you maybe in a unique position to pull them aside and sort of help them better understand that it's better for everyone uh, if they do find a way to cooperate? Or do you just let them figure it out?
1: We try our best to, you know, provide, uh, you know, good constructive feedback um, and insight. I I will say that most of the time that the economic developer themselves um, is normally not the issue. It's when it comes to the maybe elected officials and the councilman that that's when you really have that issue. And and as a from the site selection consultant that's not where our relationship lies. And so us coming in, telling those representatives doesn't, um, that doesn't go over very well. And so our communication is primarily with the economic developer and hoping, you know, to give them some encouragement and some feedback and saying, Hey, like, you know, if there's a way that we can help, we're happy to help. Um, but we know that your relationship, like maybe your job is depending on those people um and uh if so if we can help you in any way we're here um but you know what they did in this situation did not go over well for our clients so um just wanted to provide you that insight for next time
0: is it really important more so now as uh you know i always say the world you know we all say the world is getting a uh, much smaller these days uh, but it more important now to reach across the political divides and adopt a more regional approach to economic development. I've seen a lot of communities be very successful uh, by working, you know, in, in county groups. You've got the Pole Alliance in North Mississippi, which is, you know, Pontotoc Union and Lee Counties, and they've done a great job up there in other counties throughout our state. So are you seeing that model being adopted in more areas?
1: Yeah and I would say that um overall it's it's really effective you know one from just just marketing and and being able to remember where where you are right and 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 what this area of the region like this area of the state might represent as a whole if you come to me and you say I represent um you know Greenville County in uh Iowa I don't even know if there is one but you I'm you I have to think where, where where is that right like I'm not familiar enough to know that particular county in you know in Iowa or any other state for that matter but we do have enough you know as a site slash consultant you should have enough knowledge of just general regions and understandings and so when you kind of come in as a package deal right uh you know multiple communities you know under one banner it is, it's able, I'm just able to remember you, um, and where you are and kind of generally what your community represents. Um, but if you say, Hey, I rep, you know, this, I'm this county and I have this small town and there's, there's nothing for me to connect with, um, other than you're just another county with a small town. Um, then it's just hard for me to remember. And, uh, I think you, you ultimately as a community want to be remembered by the companies you're marketing to, uh, the consultants. Um, and so whatever way that 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 sticks, um, you want to you want to go that route. And in general, the collaboration you're able to get from a regional perspective, um, whether it's project management um, or you know, maybe sharing technology resources that all, you know, those synergies all start to um, really benefit you in the long run.
0: He's an important piece of the economic development puzzle. John Longshore, thanks for your perspective today. Thank you so much for having me. Mississippi Prospects is brought to you by the Mississippi Economic Development Council, the Mississippi Development Authority, Cooperative Energy, Greater Jackson Alliance, Entergy, Mississippi Power, Tennessee Valley Authority, Watkins and Eager, Butler Snow, Jones Walker, and produced by Pottery Studios. If you have questions or comments, join us on Twitter at MEDCinfo.